This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Welcome to the post-game podcast. Uh, Jerry continues his uh, vacation week. Eddie Scazzeri joins me. Hello there, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Hello. Uh, last night or yesterday, I guess, around the country, they have something called National Night Out. Okay. It's like where different uh, communities will have uh, different events where people can come out and mingle with the police in their neighborhood so they get to meet the police officers, mm-hmm. see what they do, and that sort of thing. And uh, in Bradley Beach, the last two years, including last night, I go out and I flip burgers because uh, we give away burgers. Like mm-hmm. People come out and have some burgers. Can I tell you that legitimately my forearm hurts? Really? Yeah, from flipping burgers for an hour. Like that's how not used to the burger flipping yes. movement my arm is. Like and, it's and you painful. you probably flipped like what, uh, 200 burgers? Probably. It was yeah, I did it. I did it for an hour. I did it from 6 to 7 cuz I have to get home and go to sleep. It was a uh, like um Across the street, on the uh, beach? was it was uh, no, it was on the on the boardwalk, a little further down from where I live. But, okay, uh, yeah, it was a good time. I got to meet some people. I uh, flipped burgers with the mayor and the police officers. I didn't see any of the canine dogs, which I did last year. They probably came out later when I uh, after I had left. And you, of course, you know all the police. I do know all the police. But I was thinking, I don't think I've called the police in like a full year. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. That's that's good. It's been a while, and uh, Means, but all the police know me there. But things are good in Bradley Beach. Yeah, I guess people have not been suspicious enough for me to call. Because mm-hmm. when you see something, you say something. That's I, correct. I say something by dialing my police, whose number I have in my phone, as everyone should have their... The local. The not, local. Not just 911. No, no. I only call... I really do only call 911 if it's a true emergency. Right, right. If I see somebody suspicious roaming around Bradley Beach, I'll call my local police. Because mm-hmm. they'll get there quicker, too. But wouldn't the nine one one go to them or not? I have, no? I think nine one one goes to a nine one one dispatch, and, and then, then they, they can okay they can go. But I always feel like nine one one somebody better be shot, yeah, or on stabbed fire. on fire. I've called nine one one for like uh, when I've seen a car on fire or on the side fights. of the road. Uh, I did call nine one one for yeah. dog fights, but that you didn't know. I didn't know what to do. I I thought, yeah, I needed to call nine one one for that. Let them figure out. Exactly. Do the police come? Do the fire? Do like who shows up for a dog fight? And in terms of like nonsense, nine one one calls. I'm sure that's not even in the top, you know, fifty thousand. Yeah, because they did have to disperse yes, somebody. Sure. Uh, here's one thing I did not know about nine one one calls. We, all, I always assumed that if I called nine one one and hung up, that they would know where I was calling mm-hmm. from and they'd come anyway because they thought you were in such trouble yes. that you got. That's only on landlines. When you call from a cell phone, they have no idea where you are. Is that right? Yeah. I guess it's not long enough time to ping it or yeah. triangulate it. 
but interesting you say that about the landlines. I was doing a Giants remote with Russ and Steve in Albany when they still trained. This is how long ago. Yeah. They were still training up in Albany. And to use the landline to dial out, you had, you had to dial like nine to get out. And then it, so I mistakenly dialed 911 and hung up. 15 minutes later, a police car showed up. They knew, Right, because because it was a landline. Yep. And I guess that was put in for that very reason. Yes. But now so many people call from a cell phone. And, yeah, and not many. The landlines don't exist yeah, for, for a lot of people. Don't exist. When I moved back here in 2001, I did not get a landline. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to try going just cell phone. Because that was when they started to package cell phones like they'd package your minutes. So mm-hmm. uh, it, you got a lot of like if you called another Verizon customer, that was free. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, uh, it, it it seemed to make more financial sense not to get a landline. Mm-hmm. And now I think if you, you would only get a landline now if you had a very specific reason for a landline Correct, yeah. or you've been in your home for so long. That's just there. Yeah. Which brings me to this it came up during a commercial break. You had mentioned you've only lived in two homes your entire life. That is correct. The house you grew up in. Correct. So you were born when you were born and taken home from the hospital. You went to this house. I went to that house on Staten Island, uh, and because my family had moved, my parents, my two older sisters had moved there a few months before I was born. Okay. So I came home from the hospital to to that house. Grew up there, and uh, about a few months before we got. My wife and I got married. We bought a home in Edison, where I am still in that same Unbelievable. house. Yeah. I've lived in two places my yeah. whole life. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I was thinking back after you had said that. I was like, man, just in my time that I've been here, I've been here for 16 years. Mm-hmm. I've lived in uh, Woodbridge, Basking Ridge, Matawan, Bradley Beach. Four different places in the time that I've been with WFN. And I've been to three of those residences. I did not go to Basking Ridge. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was there I, nine I, years. I, I know. That was the longest one. Yeah. I picked you up when you had to fly somewhere from you the Woodbridge place. Yes. Because uh, you want, didn't want to take your car. Right. Because you were, you were going out to some remote or something. And then I came to your Matawan place to help you move a mattress. Yes. And then I've been to the Bradley Beach a number of times. Yeah, we, we moved that mattress to Bradley to Beach. To there, but then you had us over, uh, and then we went there with Boomer and Geo. Oh, right, yeah. So I've been there a number of times. Okay, good, yeah. So you've only been in the two places. Do you feel like, now, like, are you connected to those two places now? Like, it, I don't ever feel like I've connected to the physical homes that I've been in mm-hmm. other than my childhood home. Well, yes. Well, obviously my, my, the home I grew up in for sure. And because my parents lived there still until they passed. And then my sister and her husband, they were living in a, like a mother daughter situation, uh, in that house. And then my sister now owns the home, my youngest sister. And she lives there? So she lives there still. So I still have a connection to that place and I'm there frequently. Did she does it look much different from It does. It does. Like she redecorated it? Uh well they had done renovations over the years, a few major renovations. So uh it, it there is, you know, the the backyard is similar and this but the 
there's still enough of it there and I and obviously since I've been there over the years constantly that I I kind of got used to the renovations as they happen so yeah it still feels the same but it looks very different yeah than when it did when I was growing up there and my my Edison home it's funny you say about a connection it took me a long time till it felt like home really? I don't know why but it took I would say close to 15 years for me to really feel otherwise it felt like what I don't those, know just your the, first 10 years there felt like like that that's what this is where I live but it didn't feel like home I don't know why did it not feel permanent like did you think you were moving no, no, somewhere else I, I didn't but it just I didn't have the connection and again I I can't explain why but I I do have it now you know since I've been there since 1991 so that's the thing when you're when you're in somewhere for a long time like you pay that mortgage off like it legitimately gets paid off yeah and so many times people not only when you move you're they start a whole new 30-year mortgage but then even the real bad thing to do is if you're in a place for 10 years and you refinance and you take it as another 30-year mortgage mm-hmm. that's a killer yeah can't do that. Yeah, I haven't had a mortgage payment in quite some time. Yeah. That's that's a that's a big thing to get knocked out. Yes. For your financial future. Absolutely. Like they always say, like before before you retire, that home should be paid for wherever it is mm-hmm. you're living. Like that yeah. that's what you gotta get figured out. Cause that's such a big chunk of the money we spend a month. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna be living on less money. Correct. Because you're retiring, you can't yeah. be making that payment. With Social Security payments. And yeah, because you're already going to have to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately for someone like me in a condo, I'm paying a freaking HOA, Homeowners mm-hmm. Association fee. And the the uh, property taxes in New Jersey, very high. Yes. Like, I you think I have like a 50 by 100 lot with, uh, well, it's not a Cape Cod anymore, but that's what it was. I My... Property taxes are close to $13,000. Right. So that's over $1,000 a month. Yeah. Like you have no mortgage payment, but you're paying $1,000 yeah. a month right. for taxes. Yeah. And yeah, one house, and I've had one girlfriend in my life and one job. And now I had, wow. I had jobs, part time jobs. You know, I was a paper boy. I worked uh, in, a, in a paper mill summers in college and, you know, uh, had all these, you know, little part-time jobs at school and this and that. But I've had one house as an adult, one girlfriend and my wife, and one job. Unbelievable. I don't know if that says something very good about me or very sad about me, or both at the same time. Well, I think you can look at it both ways. Like, I think it's uh, very solid to have that consistency. Mm-hmm. Um. But then you also maybe missed out on some experiences. Sure. But you could have also missed out on terrible experiences. Yeah. Right. And and if I'm happy, then what the hell? Right. You you did it like what that used to be. Mm-hmm. What would happen? Right. You'd get a ha- you'd you'd marry your high school sweetheart. Your high school sweetheart. You'd go to work for a place and and you would work there till you retired. Yep. You'd buy a house with your now new wife and live in there until. Mm-hmm. You downsize after you right. retire. The only and thing non-traditional, out. I didn't have children. Right, that was the only thing. Right, and don't go to church. And do- those two things. <laughs> yeah, non-procreating atheists. But other than that, normal. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you've had how many dogs since you moved into your Edison home? Well, I uh, had a dog growing up and the, the, you know, the family dog from when I was like uh, three till he passed when I was in college. Um, and I've had now, okay, since. Oh, uh, cause you guys had all those dogs. I had trained. the seeing eye. See, we did not have, we had cats at first. Um, but then we didn't start with the dogs until 2005. And I've raised um, uh, eight dogs for the seeing eye, and I've adopted back three of them, and one of them has passed. And now uh, I have, I, then we adopted a non seeing eye uh, pup. So I've had four dogs, one has passed, three are still alive, but I've, you know, raised, if you count the, the ones I raised for the seeing eye, would be nine. How did you, I, I'm not even sure how you got into that. Well, um, when my wife stopped uh, her, air quotes, regular job, you know, was a computer programmer, and she started working from home with her, uh, you know, she's had two independent businesses, like in the, one was about uh, scrapbooking, one was now the yarn business. When she started doing that, I said, let's, you know, maybe get a dog, and I wanted a dog dog, not a small dog. I wanted at least a, you know, 60 pound dog. And this was the seeing being a volunteer puppy raiser for the seeing eye was a way to see if my wife could handle a larger breed dog without making a lifetime. Commitment. But how'd you even know that was a thing? Uh, we, I don't know how we stumbled onto it. Um, but it was in 2004 when we started thinking about it. Um, that we, we just, I, I actually, I don't remember. We might've seen somebody out with a seeing eye puppy and that's probably how it happened. Cause we've told a lot of people who, who saw us about it and then they've gotten involved. Um, but yeah, it was just a way to see if my wife could handle a larger breed dog. Cause she was going to be the primary caretaker cause she was at home and I was commuting to work. So it was uh, something we tried, and then it was she found that she not only could she handle it, she really liked it, and then we when they took that first pup away from us, it just broke our hearts. And then, but we were already on our second pup at the time, and then we were in, and uh, yeah, and now it's uh, 2023. That started almost 20 years ago, and, and when I do retire that's something we will consider again raising pups for the seeing eye again and why did why did you get a dog why did you adopt a dog that was non-seeing eye well um when harley passed uh who was our second seeing eye pup the first one we got back uh we decided we liked having three dogs but my wife because of her business she couldn't make the commitment to 
doing all the stuff you needed to do for the seeing eye, like going to all the meetings and all the events and all that stuff. And at the end, before we left the program, she was actually running the our local chapter uh, with another gal. Um, and it was just too much, and she wanted to expand her business. So she knew we couldn't make the, or she couldn't make the commitment to go to all the puppy meetings and all that because she was the one because I go to bed at 6 o'clock and they're in the evening. So that's why we decided to adopt Raymond uh, because we just couldn't make the commitment to the seeing eye. Raymond is like, he's got some pit bull in him. Yes, he's about 65% pit. Is that right? 65%? Yes. He's a solid dog though. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I'm over my whole pit bull thing. Yeah, and he's not fierce, although... He's got that, I don't know, I, I, I think it's more some of the other stuff in him than the pit because, you know, most pits are all happy and not really, like, aggressive with other dogs. And not that he's, like, aggressive, but he his hackles go up and he barks. And, like, if you took him off leash, he'd be playing in two seconds. The dogs work that stuff out off leash immediately. But he likes to play Mr. Tough Guy for a few seconds, and then he backs down. It's funny, like, walking my dog around the neighborhood. When dogs are on their porch, they they seem very aggressive. They're on guard. They're on guard. And then you see those same dogs that wanted to kill us, and they're on a walk. They're very friendly. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. Like they, they get on their porch, and they're like, do not walk past this house. Right. Certain breeds, not all, like golden retrievers. Usually yeah, if they're, true. they're they barking, care. it's like, oh, I want to play with it. <laughs> yeah, it's not that, hey, watch out. Yeah. But the ones you really got to watch are the ones that just are not moving and just staring at you. Yeah, well, we got a Doberman in the neighborhood. They're just like looking at you. That's <laughs> yeah. trouble. That Doberman. <laughs> a Doberman is like always on guard. Yeah. Like they don't look like they ever relax. Although if you see a, an unaltered Doberman with the floppy ears and a long tail, Totally different vibe. I heard Joe Rogan say this about dog ears. He said that, and he said this with the bloodhounds in particular, mm -hmm. but he said when the dogs are running with their floppy ears that their ears are picking up scents. Like they're, or they're, they're wafting it towards their nose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That they're flopping their ears to mm -hmm. waft it. Yeah. That is unbelievable I science. I, I don't know if they're, they're, I don't nature. know if there's muscles that make them flop in a certain way or yeah. just, it just happens because they have floppy ears. I don't know that. But yeah, I would totally believe that, especially for those those the hounds with yeah, those, the bloodhounds. With the increased uh into all dogs have great noses, but the hounds are even better. Yeah. It's tough to walk a hound. Yes. My goodness. Yeah. It's tough to walk a terrier sometimes because if they have a high prey drive like Raymond does any he's given up on birds he doesn't go crazy for the birds but any squirrel or cat and rabbits yeah he 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 gets all excited and wants to go probably chase and kill because that's what they do and then again with the other dogs he although he's getting better he's, he's getting older he stops he doesn't act up as badly as he did when he was uh younger do you think he'll stop wanting to chase squirrels never never no. And my dog bailed on the on the squirrels and rabbits about a year into walking her. Right. Well, but again, her upbringing was that that's what they trained her to do to, to chase a rabbit. Yeah, chase fake the rabbit. Fake rabbit. But yeah, she 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 quit on that pretty well. That's pretty good. quickly. 
But yeah, very tough to walk like, and I don't know what to do when you're walking a dog that just wants to smell stuff, because I've been told that that's how they uh, they can burn energy by doing that. Mm-hmm. And I also don't want to be pulling our way from right. smelling and, stuff. And, but sometimes it like it takes me yes twenty minutes to go to a block, and, and it's and it's fun for them. It's entertaining. You know, it's their time out of the house. You don't want to curtail that. But with the seeing eye, because even not. Like all dogs want to sniff stuff. I mean, certain breeds are are worse, like the the hounds or the beagles, those sort of dog tracking dogs. But they just tell us you have to just keep correcting constantly to have them not do that. Yeah. But and for us, we 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 walk at a brisk pace, and 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 Raymond's not too much of a sniffer because his eyes are just up and looking everywhere. The others would. If we allowed it, but then, sort of, you get to a place where they're, you know, maybe they're gonna do their business, and then you let them sniff around there for a few minutes, and then you continue the rest of your walk. So you kind of let them get it in. My dog goes into a trot when she's about to poop, mm. like she starts. Yeah. yeah, Cooper does that too, and they'll run back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just strange, <laughs> and it's also funny, like when Raymond and, and Cooper are playing, and then all of a sudden one of them. I can tell they're going to have to go poop or pee. Yeah. And the other dogs, like, they must be giving off some signal because the other dogs will stop then playing with them and let them go do their business. And what do you think they're doing when it's like, like my dog will go into a trot, start to squat down, then yes. they'll be like, no, 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 down there instead. And then goes to squat, goes, no, 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 back no. that other place. Right. What the hell are they doing? I don't know. It must be some sort of... Um, I know for the the peeing, it's like a marking, marking the territory. I guess poop is a similar thing, maybe, but they're... They're yeah. looking for the perfect spot. Yeah, and it's it's very entertaining to watch. Yeah, very funny. My dog now, too, will like, and I, I guess this is a marking thing, will pee on uh, dead animals. Mm-hmm. She sees a dead bird in the road, she smells it, pees on it. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I, what yeah, is she like, doing? Hey, this is... I'm going to come back for this later. <laughs> Everybody else stay away. This is mine. I might eat this bird bones later. Yeah, this is strange, man. I'm surprised we haven't figured out a way to communicate with dogs better. Like like that Elon Musk doesn't work on that. Like how to to know what our dog is thinking, oh, what the, 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 the dog wants uh, from like, us. Like a sort of a, you know, a brain interface. Yeah, like a brain interface. Yeah. Well, because, you know, we obviously, we communicate very well with them. Yeah. You know, would they understand a, a, a maybe ten or some breed some some dogs like hundreds of human words they understand, and yeah, obviously you can read their tail, read the the arch of their back, their ears, their eyes. You can understand their emotions a lot of the time, but and they can understand ours. And I don't know if we talked about it, but the the pointing thing where domestic dogs will follow a human point where wolves wolves will not. And that's the difference that they've been with us for, you know, twenty five thousand years. We've sort of co-evolved, so we do communicate a lot. And you watch some of the, the the guide dogs, and I never got to this level. I was I was just doing basic stuff. But you watch guide dogs with the blind person, or those those herding dogs who just like oh, I love a herding dog. Oh my god, it's like they they smart as heck, and they, they and they they are communicating and working with people what are those herding dogs called the the black and white ones 
Oh, uh, Border Collies. Border Collies. Very smart. I have seen some crazy videos about... I saw one where there was, it was this whole big group of sheep, mm-hmm. and the Border Collie ran on top of them to get to the end of the of the sheep. Oh, like, on their backs? On their backs to get to the end of the line to push them the other way. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is fun to watch some of those videos. And if you get one of those dogs... Let's say you get one of those dogs as a puppy. Mm -hmm. It has something in its DNA that it's going to do that, even if it's not trained. Yes, it. it, Yeah, and and uh, uh, people who get border collies, if they have uh, small children or there's a group of children, they will oftentimes herd the children. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) and you know, and and I guess maybe sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it could be a very bad thing, but uh, Yeah. yeah. That that's and they that those kind of dogs they need space and they need activity and to work to have a border collie be like whimsy, um, like where we're gone you're gone all day that would be terrible. Yeah, you have to get the right breed. Right. Um, you know, but the border collies need work and need activity. I've seen the ones I'm sure you've seen it too. The videos where they're in a big field and there's mm-hmm. like four of them and how they they have precise movements yep. where one moves. Then the next one moves. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and that's all comes from the you know because they're pack animals. Yeah, and, and from the you know that's in their genes how they used to eat. You have to hunt things and and do that sort of thing all the time and work together. Yeah, and take down animals that were you know four times their weight or more sometimes. But yeah, you see a border collie. I mean, he's what sixty pounds, and he is controlling you know, thousands of pounds of sheep. Yes. It's insane. I'd love to get a bunch of border collies and let them loose on the beach on a Saturday in the summer just see if they'd herd the yeah, people. Yeah, herd people. Yeah, get them out. If I was like, let's get these people off the beach. Yeah, time to go. Herd them out. Yeah, but like what would they do if the sheep didn't listen to, like you mentioned about like those, like let's say there's a group of children and you have a family and you have a border collie and the the dogs trying to herd the children. Well, then, like, because if you like, if you ever like, if you watch some of the videos, you know they'll bark and say like, if that sheep doesn't respond, then they'll be like, "Hey, let's go," and then they'll get more and more assertive. And the the last like resort is to they're not going to kill the animal, but it will nip at them and say, "Let's go." Oh, really? And ultimately, the sheep will be like, oh, "Okay," because because <laughs> they're sheep. <laughs> You know, but they'll nip at the heels for sure to get them moving. But you don't want them doing that to a child. It'd be very traumatic. I've seen in some of the, I don't know if this was like a skills competition between these dogs or this is how they train them, but they had some where they were like herding um, these geese and things mm-hmm. through a very tiny opening where it's like they could only have gone into like a very narrow thing. And it's unbelievable to see the animals get in line because they know the dogs are yeah. telling them. Right. You know, go through this. And because the sheep aren't, and maybe sheep, like, you know, they're not, you know, as smart as dogs. But if the sheep wanted to, if there's like 80 sheep in a, right. and two dogs, they're like, okay, somebody's going to get bit, but we can take these guys. <laughs> right. We're going to all go at one time. Yeah. Someone's getting injured, but, but chances we, are not you. If we trample these guys, yeah, it's over. Then we're right? free, and then we'll show them the next time. Right, but they don't. They don't. They, they don't, don't think do like that. that. No, because they're you know herd animals. They're friggin' sheep. Yeah, you sheep. All right, let's do the warm up show. All here. right. 
I did that with CeeLo. You did, and it was feisty. Middle oh, segment, yeah, it was very feisty. feisty. I was fighting. CeeLo went all... Uh, he went all Jerry fraud on Jerry you. calling me a fraud. Mm-hmm. Like yelling. He was fired yeah, up. Yeah, he was fired up. That really is the fired middle up. segment of the warm-up, Woo. which we'll be following this. Uh, tomorrow, we'll do the warm-up with CeeLo. Mm-hmm. Post-game with uh, Eddie, you again. And Stugat yes. and Gio. Yes. Tomorrow morning. I'm looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Something new. Something a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll see you uh, at 5 a.m. for the warm-up show, CeeLo and I. Until then, see you. So-